everybody, and welcome back to Sports Crunch with D. Crom. I'm your host, David Cromolo. And a week from today, preparations for the 2017 NFL season begin in earnest as all 32 teams descend on Indianapolis for the 2017 NFL Scouting Combine, which is the first step in the final marathon toward this year's NFL Draft. And what better guy to bring back on the program to give us an initial look at this 2017 NFL draft class than my good friend Shelby Dermer, sports editor of Ohio University, Speakeasy Magazine, and also a contributor to the Cincinnati Bengals fan website, StripePipe.com. It's wonderful to have you back, Shelby. How you doing? David, thanks again for having me. Just love talking football because I'm having a little bit of withdrawal after that Super Bowl. I feel you, man, and you're very welcome, Shelby. Thank you for joining us and giving us uh, your amazing insight and knowledge into this game. And uh, let's uh, get the ball rolling here with um, uh, an overall summary of the 2017 draft class. Which position groups have the strongest step and which have the weakest step? Well, I, th- I think I'll start with uh, what has what position has the strongest step. And I think you look at you have to look at running back and you have to look um, – in the secondary, uh, first at running back, you know, Fournette's a first-rounder. Uh, Cook is a first-rounder, probably. McCaffrey could be a first-rounder, too. Then you also have Joe Mixon from Oklahoma, uh, Foreman from Texas, uh, Jamal Williams from BYU. A um, lot of good running backs and good talented running backs, and, and, it's, and it's been a rarity um, at running back. So a nice change of pace to have running back being the top, uh, having some of the best depth in the draft coming up. And then uh, in the secondary, just unreal talent uh, coming out. From my count at corner, there's nine potential first-rounders. You just go down the list, Humphrey Lattimore, Jones from Washington, Conley from OSU, uh, Wilson Jackson, White, uh, Tankersley from Clemson, just so many uh, good corners. And, you know, people are looking for that shutdown corner and in in the pass-happy NFL league we're in now. And then uh, also at safety, Malik Hooker is going to go in the first round. Uh, Adams from LSU might go in the first round. And then, uh, of course, Jabril Peppers, uh, so versatile as he played uh, so many spots at Michigan, it seemed like. Um, he, he could poss- potentially go in the first round as well. A uh, lot of talent in the secondary, and it's, it's uh, really looking like corner and safety, uh, probably the two most depth position-wise, right behind running back, or right in front of running back, and, and right in front of tight end as well. Um, as, far as, as far as the weakest depth, um, Probably go with offensive tackle. Um, the way I see it, uh, Ramsick from Wisconsin and Cam Rob Cam Robinson is going to be a top ten pick from Alabama. But Ramsick from Wisconsin, looking like the only two first rounders. Uh, maybe Garrett Bowles from Utah. I think I saw a mock draft that had your Broncos taking him in the first round. But you know he could go anywhere from the first to the third round. Uh, and then after that, you know you got a lot of middle of the road guys. Um, so only only real two first rounders there, and then also uh, at weak depth, I would say uh, defensive tackle Jonathan Allen, another Bama guy, uh, Caleb Brantley are two pretty good ones. Uh, McDowell's from Michigan State, uh, and you know Johnson from Iowa. You know all those guys have potential, but you're looking at Jonathan Allen's the 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 best in that class, but not a lot of depth at defensive tackle, and I think at third is quarterback. Most definitely, and uh, you mentioned the. Uh, depth of this running back class and and many scouts are saying that this could be the deepest running back class of all time and uh and we could be seeing a resurgence of the running back position because it's hard to believe that just a couple of years ago we thought of it as taboo to uh, pick a running back uh in the first round and then yeah. all of a sudden in 2015 you get Todd Gurley last year you obviously get Zeke Elliott 
And mm-hmm. uh, this year, the year that both LaDainian Tomlinson and Terrell Davis go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you are going to have probably the largest amount of running backs selected in the first round in quite some time. How many running backs do you see getting selected in round one and in rounds um, uh, one through three in general? Yeah, uh, you know, in, in the first round, I'm re- I'm I'm not sold on Christian McCaffrey yet. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see. We still have till April 27th, but... Uh, you know, there's some mock drafts that, you know, have him going to Green Bay at 29 or maybe a little bit earlier, honestly, than that or earlier than that. Um, but he could go in the second. Uh, but I think the two locks for the first round, in my opinion, at least, obviously Leonard Fournette um, and then Dalvin Cook from Florida State. Really like Dalvin Cook's speed. I think he draws a lot of comparisons to Jamal Charles from what I've read. Um, three straight 1,000-yard seasons, the 46 rushing touchdowns. Uh, very talented running back there. So I think Cook and Fournette in the first round, I think Fournette, you can see him up maybe at six with the Jets. I don't know how they're going to go with uh, Forte in their backfield. Uh, still a, a dual threat guy, Forte is, who caught 100, over 100 passes in 2014, not even a few seasons ago. And then overall, uh, David, in the first three rounds, uh, you're looking at you know possibly 10 running backs. You know Outside the three, McCaffrey, Cook, and Fournette that I already listed, uh, Gallman from Clemson, uh, Brian Hill from Wyoming, Kamara from Tennessee, Freeman from Texas, Curtis Samuel, if you kind of put him as a running back, you also you know, know he plays a lot of receiver, Joe Mixon from Oklahoma, and McNicholas from Boise State. So I'm looking at two in the first round and then a, a possible 10 in the first three. So, yeah, definitely the same year uh, Terrell Davis and LT get in the Hall of Fame, you have a lot of depth at running back. Uh, most definitely. Uh, just curious, did you mention Kareem Hunt as one of those backs? I did not write him down, but now that now that you're saying that, uh, yeah, depth and just even more depth to the class, really. But I, I just I rallied off ten and stuck with that. But yeah, Hunt could definitely be in there as well. Yeah, I remember watching um, a, a game of his uh, several, um, uh, uh, like what I was doing film study last year, and uh, he may be um, a small, but he like runs a million times bigger than his size, and metaphorically speaking. So that's another potential name for you draft Knicks to uh, watch out there. And obviously you mentioned offensive tackle and quarterback being weak on depth. And uh, and you uh, alluded to some of those uh, mocks. And you, uh, But before we get into the general part of the question, let's be a little more specific here. Um, you mentioned yeah. Cam Robinson being a top 10 pick. I don't get that vibe from a lot of people at all. A really? lot of people say that he is not, he, he he's fit to be a right tackle uh, or if not a guard at best in the NFL, what makes you think Cam Robinson will be a top 10 pick? Well, I, you know, he's got the size and, you know, he, he's he graded so well on his, uh, on his game tape from Alabama. And I, I know you can never have, and I know from being a Bengals fan, where we drafted two tackles back to back. I, I believe it was, it was Cedric Oboehi and Jake Fisher. Uh, you can always have, uh, uh, versatile tackles and you know Andrew Whitworth is a free agent for the Bengals this year you know flipping in he's filled in at guard he's filled in left to right tackle and I think you know Robinson played at one of the best under the best coach in college football Nick Saban and you know if he uh, there's always a market to keep someone's blind side clean and if he does switch over to left tackle it, you know you got to think this guy is talented enough from what you've seen at Alabama where he could adjust to that role and, and you know he's got great size uh, great strength and and I mean, that's why I think in the top 10, and I, I think I've seen a few mock drafts where, it, alluding to your point, where he has fallen a little bit, but in, in my mind, I think uh, he'd probably go in the top 10. 
Uh, it'll be interesting to see where uh, absolutely and where he ends up. And uh, which teams do you see reaching for a quarterback on offensive tackle in round one? Well, I, I looked at the top ten in the uh, in the draft, and I, I circled uh, six teams that aren't going to go for a quarterback, and that's uh, Jacksonville because they have Bortles. Tennessee has Mariota. I don't think the Jets will. Uh, Bryce Petty's still young. They still have Christian Hackenberg. Don't know what I don't know Ryan Fitzpatrick's situation, but I doubt he'll be there. But I just don't see them taking a quarterback first in the first round. Uh, the Chargers have Phillip Rivers. Panthers have Cam Newton, and the Bengals have Andy Dalton. Uh, that being said, the four teams: uh, Cleveland, San Fran, Chicago, and Buffalo. Um, I don't. I still think uh, Cleveland's going to go for uh, the defensive end, Miles. Uh, how am I blanking on this? Miles Garrett. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I still think he'll be the first uh, selection in April's draft. Uh, just because I, huh? Yes, he should be. Sorry yeah. to interrupt. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. Uh, but I, I just, I feel like the Browns. You know, there's, there's rumors about what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's going to be one of the biggest free agency stories. I think, or not even a free agency because they're going to have to trade with Bill Belichick to get him. Uh, but with, uh. I still am fearful the Browns are going to get A.J. McCarron from the Bengals if they decide to trade, but I just think Cleveland, you know, they have so many holes elsewhere that, you know, with that, with the talent they have on offense, any quarterback going into that was would just be at a uh, lesser hand. So I, I don't think they're going to start clean with a rookie. Um, so I, I, I have them circled in the top four, but I don't think they're going to stretch and get one. Um, I, really, I really think the Bills are going to go after a quarterback, you know, with wanting to move on from Tyrod Taylor. Uh, EJ Manuel as well. It just leaves Cardell Jones on the roster. I think the I think the Bills are going to go after a quarterback. The Bears uh, they went through uh, Barkley, Cutler, and Hoyer last year. They're in the market, and of course the 49ers and how bad they are. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. There's been reports where Shanahan wants to bring in a veteran guy who he's worked with before, like uh, Brian Hoyer or uh, Matt Schaub. So we'll see there. There's no there's just no absolute certainty that one of these four teams is going to take a quarterback. There's no. There's no with the Browns. It's not like an Andrew Luck to the Colts situation, or a Cam Newton to the Panthers situation. It's 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 just there's four teams. I think Cleveland, San Fran, Chicago, Buffalo uh, that may be in the market for a quarterback. If those were the teams to do it, and you bring up an excellent point. Uh, Matt Miller for Bleacher Report um, uh, reported uh, uh, in his column last Friday in a conversation he had with the scout uh, that uh, the and the scout told him that. Um, Miles Garrett is the closest thing to it, Andrew Luck, in this year's draft class because of you are certain that he will be a star, and you are absolutely not certain that any of these quarterbacks um, in, in this year's class will be as successful. And uh, moving on, um, uh, the two-part question. Um, one, uh, how many quarterbacks do you think go off the board in the first round? And also, where do you see the offensive tackles um, uh, falling in round one? Aside yeah. From Cam uh, Robinson. Okay. Um, well, I think... I'll start with the offensive tackles, if that's okay. Um, but I think uh, in the market in the first round for offensive tackles, I think there's Denver, Seattle, and Houston. Um, and I, I'm going to say those three are in the market. And if I'm naming the top three tackles, it's Cam Robinson from Alabama, Ramsick from Wisconsin, and Garrett Bowles from Utah. And, you know, you can take those three and, uh, you know, pair them with uh, Denver, Seattle, and Houston. They all kind of draft near the same range. Um, I know because, you know, Houston and Seattle both made the playoffs. Denver uh, was on the outside looking in. So I think they're all um, they're all Houston and Seattle are above 20. Denver, I don't know their draft order. You probably do. Um, so I think those those are the 
three most likely teams in the first round to take an offensive tackle, and I think it's Robinson, Ramsick, and Bowles. Um, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, I think uh, I think three are going to go in the first round, and that's obviously uh, Trubisky from uh, North Carolina, Deshaun Watson from Clemson, and you know really a toss up with Deshaun Kaiser and uh, the kid from Texas Tech, um, uh, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, yeah. So and. You know, I, I, I circled four teams in the top ten that may be in the market for a quarterback, and there's four potential, I think, first-round quarterbacks there, so you can mix and match with those as well. I hear you. I hear you very much, Shelby. And uh, now let's move on to the uh, Combine in particular. Give us a list of names to watch at the Combine, and whose stock do you think has the most to gain from the Combine, um, and whose stock has the most to lose, um, depending on the Combine performance? Yeah, well, first uh, – you know, in Joku, the tight end from Miami, uh, he's the second-rated tight end in the draft, and you know teams are just loving that big tight end look. You know, like the Gronkowski uh, and Travis Kelsey and Tyler Eifert. Uh, the Dolphins just pulled off a move to get uh, former Bronco Julius Thomas from the Jaguars. Uh, but Joku, he's a second-rated tight end, uh, but he he put off two years of eligibility to um, to join the to declare for the draft so uh still a very young tight end and, and he'll have a lot to prove when he goes to the combine i think as i mentioned dalvin cook from florida state potential first round running back um great speed with the jamal charles comparison uh but he still needs to run well because uh you know if, if speed is your thing you gotta you gotta show up at the combine and you know one one bad day and it could affect your draft stock so i think he has a a, a lot to lose as well if he can't run well um and then uh, John Ross, the wide receiver from Washington, uh, played receiver and defensive back uh, at his time in Washington, so you know he's versatile. Uh, but he missed all of 2015, uh, still put up great numbers in 2016, uh, 81 catches, 1,150 yards, uh, double-digit touchdowns last season. Um, he's, he's projected in the second to third round in the draft, but I think he can gain a lot by you know showing people, despite his great numbers, still uh, still you know questions of, hey, well, you missed an entire season. But uh, he, he can he, his draft can his stock can rise at the combine as well. Those are definitely some names to watch. But I think you left out another name that I myself per, will personally be watching uh, is uh, Stanford uh, defensive end Solomon Thomas. And a lot of people are saying that um, Solomon Thomas could potentially uh, leapfrog into the top five, depending on his combine performance, which many are expecting him to um, uh, uh, to put on a big show at the put on a big show there. And uh, and I've also heard like a lot of comparisons uh, to J.J. Watt, not in terms of athleticism, but versatility. And and a lot of people are saying that he could be this year's version of Aaron Donald, the guy who like is like that late riser who be, winds up becoming a stud at his respective position. Um, yeah. Uh, do you share that view on Solomon Thomas? Oh yeah, absolutely. Out of Stanford, and you know, Memorial Trophy winner, uh, won the Most Valuable Player in the Sun Bowl. Uh, I mean, there's. I think everybody has something to lose or gain at this combine, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Solomon Thomas uh, can have another uh, impactful combine performance, and he could be something special in the NFL. Uh, yes, and uh, Dane Brugler, um, I asked Dane Brugler from uh, CBS. Uh, he's part of the great NFL draft team on CBS. Uh, if Solomon Thomas could go in the top five, and he said he could very well go in the top five. Uh, do you see that as a distinct possibility yourself? Well, yeah. I mean, with uh, you know, with the with the with the need for uh, defensive tackles and edge rushers, uh, I think there's a there's a 
newfound reliability with some guy that you can have, uh, you know, day in and day out, like a Geno Atkins for the Bengals or uh, for the like what you who you mentioned for the Rams. So absolutely, I mean, a lot of teams go in and uh, they have a best available board, and if they see Solomon Thomas, uh, they see what he's about, and you know, he he turns out a good combine performance. I think there could be no surprise. There's no set. Uh, there's no set people going in the first round this year it's it's not a lock there, there's been so many articles out there about potential shocks in the first round you know i've seen jabril peppers going in the top 10 that could be a draft day shock and you know it wouldn't shock me at all if solomon thomas found his way into the top 10 or even the top five you you, you just brought up a very interesting point about like potential shocks in the first round um how many um uh uh, prospects have earned a first round grade from you as of this time? Well, you know, I'd have to go, I'd have to look at my notes from, uh, I mean, every position, but you know, if, if we're going, uh, you know, quarter from starting at quarterback Trubisky, uh, obviously from North Carolina is, uh, the top quarterback who I think, uh, who I think will go into the first round, uh, running back Leonard Fournette has a first round grade. And like I mentioned, uh, earlier, um, earlier in the show, uh, cornerbacks, I have nine in the first round safety. I have four potential first rounders, offensive tackle. I only have two defensive tackle. I only have two, but you know, running back, I have five, uh, and then a wide receiver. Of course you could potentially have three John Ross, Corey Davis, and Mike Williams. So I, I think there's, there's so many first round graders out there, David, that, you know, nothing is just set in stone and, you know, some guy there's going to be, I feel like there's going to be a major shock on draft day somewhere where someone's going to, you know, to the, it'll surprise a lot of people who grade someone in the late second round that jumps up and gets picked in the top 20 or something like that. It's just, it's, it's a, it's an odd draft where there's a lot of players that, and they're not separated by much and, and a lot of, a lot of first round talent in general. Yeah. And it's probably going to be, a lot of it's going to be dependent on uh, the schemes that the individual teams run and the, and how they could accommodate uh, certain players into those, uh, uh, schemes and he is Shelby Dermer, ladies and gentlemen. He is the sports editor of Speakeasy Magazine at the Ohio University, and as well as a contributor to the Cincinnati Bengals fan site StripePipe.com. Uh, Shelby, once again, we thank you very much for uh, lending us your expertise on the show. But uh, one uh, final question that's uh, kind of broad. But when I watch the combine, I um, I kind of get dazed out uh, and for good reason, because it's just underwear Olympics and m- most of the uh, football watching uh, public uh, right. uh, uh, does it, uh, see, seems to get easily bored. But I want that to change this year because when they have a certain position group doing drills, I want to understand what is the most important drill to watch for all of the individual position groups, because some uh, other drills are more important for other position groups uh, than others. Um, what specific drills um, uh, are the most important to observe for each position group, uh, starting with uh, quarterback? Well, I think quarterback, um, and, and a few of these I've put them in the same, you know, two positions at the same drill. Uh, but quarterback, I think uh, there's there's so many, but I think the three step, five step, and seven step drills where they're throwing uh, they're throwing the slant, they're throwing the in route, they're throwing the out route. You know, they want to see a quick release, they want to see the ability to drive the ball. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, you want accuracy with your quarterbacks, too. So I think uh, quarterbacks main job is to throw the ball. So I kept it simple with the quarterbacks there. And I said the the three step, five step and seven step drills uh, are the most important for them. Uh, Wide receiver and running back, uh, the 40 yard dash and the three cone drill 
uh, obviously, as well as, uh, you know, actually catching the football. Uh, but the 40-yard dash, you know, you want receivers uh, that, that are burners. And it's like I mentioned with Dalvin Cook with the running back, his biggest thing is uh, that he has the speed like Jamal Charles, and the 40-yard dash is uh, there to prove that. Um, offensive line, the broad jump, um, you know, you, you want someone that has an uh, explosive lower body. So you're looking at the offensive linemen. They want a broad jump at around 98 to 112 inches. Uh, anything above that is extraordinary. Uh, defensive linemen, uh, I, I'd say the bench press. Uh, you want defensive linemen, and it's 225 pounds. You want uh, defensive linemen to bench press that about 28 to 30 times. Um, and then I saw an interesting stat on this. Uh, for defensive tackles, there's never been, uh, in the last 10 years, there's never been a three-year starting defensive tackle in the NFL that didn't bench press 225 pounds more than 22 times. So I, maybe it's just a, a decade's worth of coincidence, but you know, there hasn't been a defensive tackle that's uh, bench pressed 225 pounds less than 22 times and, and turned into a three-year starter. Um, for linebackers, uh, you're looking for the, I like the drop back, uh, into coverage drills. They do, they're looking for quickness and they're, they're looking for the transition, uh, in the hip movements, how swift and how smooth is that turn with the linebackers dropping into coverage, uh, for edge rushers, you know, you're a Broncos fan and how, uh, valuable Von Miller is and how he's able to bend like that. And I think for edge rushers, the three cone drill is one of the biggest ones, uh, where you can. Uh, use that bend to get around those big offensive tackles and get to the quarterback and also the vertical jump uh you know batting down pass is a big part of uh when you can't get to a quarterback you get your hands up so a vertical jump you want someone that can uh, jump out i almost said jump out of the gym like a basketball reference and then uh quarterback and safety uh you're looking at the 20 yard shuttle uh you want to be able to do that 20 yard shuttle in uh, under four seconds and you know they're just looking for uh that explosiveness that ability to diagnose a play and then break to where the ball is going to be to make a play on the ball. Uh, so it'd be pretty simple there, 20 yard shuttle for cornerbacks. And you want to do that under four seconds where you can, you can read a play, react quickly and uh, make a play on the ball for an interception or, or bat the ball away. And uh, one final thing you mentioned uh, that, uh, that, that under four seconds is the ideal type of that 20 yard shuttle for um, uh, cornerbacks and safeties. Um, uh, what are the ideal, um, uh, T- uh, uh, number ranges you look for in the other drills that you uh, mentioned, starting with uh, the 40-yard dash for uh, backs and receivers? Well, you know, uh, you want to, obviously, you want it in the low fours for the 40-yard dash. Uh, you know, anything in the, I think they look at the 4-3 is uh, considered great, and then, you know, you, you drop back in 4-6 and the 4-7 is, uh, is, you know, considered uh, low tier in that in that regard. So, uh, and like I said, the broad jump, you want to do 98 inches to 112 inches. And then the bench press for defensive linemen, uh, around 28 to 30, the bench press for offensive linemen, uh, a little bit, um, a little bit less than that, actually. They want to around 24 to 26. He's Shelby Dermer, ladies and gentlemen, sports editor of Speakeasy Magazine at The Ohio University. Also writes for the Cincinnati Bengals website, stripepipe.com. Um, fan webpage, and you can follow him at, on Twitter at SCDermer4. That's the digit for Shelby. Once again, we thank you so much for joining the program, and we look forward to having you back as soon as we can. Thank you very hey, much thank, again, Shelby. Hey, thanks again, David. Glad to have, glad to be on. Glad to have you as well, Shelby. And that does it today for Sports Crunch with G. Crown, but check us out again later in the week. 
on sportscrunch.com. That's the name of our website, ladies and gentlemen, as an interview between myself and NFL insider Benjamin Albright, who will give us some NFL free agency scoopage. And uh, by the way, I said the combine is uh, essentially begins a week from today as teams um, descend on Indianapolis. NFL free agency begins exactly two weeks from this Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m., Easter time. So keep with us throughout these next few weeks as the NFL officially enters its 2017 calendar year. For Shelby Dermer, our producer Chris Broadhead, the man in the box, I'm David Cromelow saying good night and stay awesome.